In today's rapidly changing world, we all have questions and we all want answers. It's on this program that we get our answers from the Word of God. It's time for another episode of A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallup. Welcome to A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops, a senior pastor along the Gulf Coast since 1987 and a best-selling author. And today we're going to be talking about another one of those passages in the Bible that we may have read, and I know I've read several times, but we're really going to dig down deep. And Pastor mm-hmm. Carl Gallops is going to talk about the miraculous return of Israel And this is going to be a very interesting session. I think it will, Kevin. And I think that our listening audience, that's you, by the way, (laughs) I think that you will hear some things perhaps that you've never heard before about the return of Israel. Oh, I know. Listen, I know this can be a a controversial topic, and we'll talk about the controversy. We'll answer the questions to the controversy from the Word of God. All right? Not my opinions. God's Word says it so clearly gives the answers to the controversies. But the bottom line is, I, I, I think that not only will you hear some things perhaps you've never heard before, or at least never thought of them in this way before, I think you'll get answers to questions that you have asked or have, or have been asked. And, and then, of course, for its namesake, this is a relevant word, so we're going to make this relevant to your life, to your day and specifically these prophetic times in which we're living. But anyway, Kevin, thanks for the intro, so let me just get started. Uh, so to our, for you listening right now, if you have a Bible nearby, you, you're probably going to want to see some of this with me. But if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, I'll repeat it and give you the scriptures, and you can look it all up later. But we'll be largely in Isaiah 49. A little bit later, we'll be in 2 Corinthians. But in Isaiah 49, there is an amazing passage of Scripture that speaks about the return of Israel. Now, let me say this. This is not the only place in the Old Testament that speaks of, in the latter days, the last days. And again, most of you listening audience, and I know we get new people all the time, but I want you to know I am not a date setter. I don't set a specific date and say, here's the return of the Lord, or here's the rapture, or here's whatever. But I do watch the seasons. I do know what the Bible says. I do know that there are clues and that there are there are pivot points in history. There are timers that go off that the Bible says, when you see this happens, then this will happen later, uh, afterwards, in other words. So all of those things are in the Bible. So I know the times we're living in. I'm a student of history. I'm a student of current events. And I read the Word of God, and I preach it, and I teach it in context, as you'll see in just a moment. So I understand the times we're living in. And we're living in very, very prophetic times. One of the biggest prophecies that has come to pass only in our generation, our living generation, is the return of Israel. And Isaiah 49 is a good place that I'm going to teach from, but this is not the only place that speaks of the return of Israel. I mean, all the way back in Deuteronomy, before they ever set foot in the land of Israel. Moses breaks into a prophecy about the last days. 
and how God will bring them back after they've been scattered to the nations. So there's that. Then we get into Isaiah, we get into Ezekiel, oh my gosh, Ezekiel 37, 38, 39, Isaiah 49, and there are other passages in Isaiah, and other places in the scriptures that, re- that speak of the return of Israel, watch this, in the latter times, in the last days. This means sometime before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's huge, because again, as we're living and breathing and you're listening to this show, that's you. You you are the ones that have experienced a 24, 2,500-year-old prophecy come to life, and you're the only generation on the planet that saw it happen. Yet 23, 24, 2,500 years ago, these this prophecy was being told by the prophets, recorded only in the Scriptures, only in the Word of God, only in the Old Testament. There they are, and it has happened. Right now, in the Middle East, sits the nation of Israel, one of the most controversial nations, their existence on the planet. Fifty-seven Muslim nations pretty much don't want them there. Uh, a double handful of those are violently opposed to Israel being there. Israel surrounded by nations that have either been their mortal enemies in the past, some of them they're now you know pretty pretty close to so far, but could become their mortal enemies again. They're surrounded by them. And Israel is one of the smallest little slivers of land on the face of the earth as a nation. The other thing is, is that Israel not only is very contested, but they're, they're one of the most powerful nations in the Middle East. They're probably the number one nuclear superpower in the Middle East. Okay? Not in the world, but in the Middle East. And because they have alliances with Great Britain and the United States, then that makes them one of the most powerful nuclear superpowers on the planet, along with these other nuclear superpowers. So, I mean, there it is. It's sitting there. So here's what I want to do. Let me just address this from from the from from the antagonist point of view. So so people say today, well, but you know that Israel that's sitting over there, that's that's not the real Israel. That was developed as a construct of the United Nations and the Balfour Declaration and all of these different things that happened. This just governmental edicts and politics, and and then now we've got this nation of Israel, and and people will oftentimes say, you know, when they've they've pushed the Palestinians off their land. All right, let me just address that. First of all, that's a complete misuse of the word Palestinian. The word Palestine, the land of Palestine, or the Palestinian land over there, that name was given by the Roman emperors from 70 A.D. right into about 150 A.D., several Roman emperors ruling. They called it Palestine because they were driving the Jews out of the land, the great diaspora, the scattering of the Jews. After the destruction of the uh, of the, the temple, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple. They were trying to put down Jewish uprisings that were in the area, and so they scattered them. They went to the nations. It took about 100 years to finally complete it, but they did, and the Roman Empire named that area Palestine, a Latin word meaning land of the Philistines. 
That's all it means. And they named it that because they knew that the Jews who were trying to seek to come back would not want to come back and tell people their new address was the land of the Philistines. Why? Because the Philistines were some of the most ancient enemies, the Canaanites and the Philistines, of the ancient Jews and, you know, their their heritage, and they despised that name. They despised those people. So the Roman Emperor emperor said, let's name it the, the land of Philistine or Philistine. And so that's what happened. Palestine. Okay. Now, so, you know, Kevin, I'm sure you can remember we're about the same age, but we, I I can remember as a kid growing up after Israel comes back to the land and even before in that whole area, well, actually, I mean, it came back to the land right before I was born, but not many years, but, but I can remember that whole area. You, they would talk about the Jewish Palestinians. They would talk about the Arab Palestinians. Sure. They would talk about the French Palestinians. They would talk about the American Palestinians. They would talk about the British Palestinians. What did that mean? Palestine is just a region, like Florida's a state. So we've got Hispanic Floridians. We've got British Floridians. We've got French Floridians. So, so, but now that term has become so misused and misunderstood. It's like, no, the Palestinians. And what they mean, what they're trying to say is the Arab people, uh, mainly most of them of Islamic faith, but not all of them. And, and they're saying the, the, the land of Israel, uh, the nation of Israel coming back, it displaced all these poor Palestinians. Well, excuse me, the Jews are Palestinians too, the ones that live there. And the, and the United Nations partition uh, uh, declaration is the one that set up these partitions because the Jews and the Arabs were having a hard time getting along, and a lot of those people groups over there were. So they said, look, you guys live over here, you guys live over here. If somebody wants to cross over and the other uh, people let you, that's fine, but you know, quit all this fighting and there's continual war in this area. So they divided it up, and in 1948, uh, the, the, the Jewish people looked around and said, okay, here's our little portion, right? This is it. They said, okay, we're back. This is Israel. And and the next day, five surrounding nations attacked them for a 19-month war, and Israel prevailed. Now, they had help from Great Britain and the United States and all that, but the bottom line is they've been there ever since. And they've had five or six major wars just like that against them. So there they are, and they returned. Now, so... So people say, yeah, but they, but, but they drove people off. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was a United Nations declaration. They just declared their independence in the area they were told they could be in. Okay? Nobody, they didn't steal it from anybody. All right. That's important. The other thing is important. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, that, that Israel of that, that's a fake Israel. Okay, now wait a minute. Nowhere in the Bible is there any prophecy in context about in the last days a fake Israel will come to the Middle East. Nowhere. I mean, the Old Testament talks about Israel returning. Jesus talks about Israel returning. Yes, he does. I've got a book written about that. Uh, The Apostle Paul talks about Israel returning. Yes, he does. Um, The the Word of God speaks of Israel returning in the last days. And if there was going to be a fake one there, boy, Jesus and Paul and the New Testament, they all messed up by not seeing that coming. And I mean, Jesus is, is God in the flesh, God with us. Surely he knew. He never spoke of a fake Israel. Nowhere does the Bible speak of a fake Israel. But over and over and over and over and over, Old Testament, New Testament, it speaks of in the last days this will happen. And it now has now happened. How dare us to even suggest, well, that's a fake Israel. Well, no, 
Only one place in the whole world where it says it will come back right there to its motherland in the last days, and the nations will be on edge because of it. There it is. It did happen. The nations are on edge. They're plotting war against Israel right now, and there it is. And there's only one place in all the world that speaks of this happening, and it's the Word of God. So Israel's back is not a fake Israel. But when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about all kinds of other surprising elements of this. And then I'm going to take you right into Isaiah 49 and let you see it and hear it with your own eyes and ears. And I think it's going to blow you away when you hear what we have to say. It's the return of Israel, the miraculous return of Israel. Yes. And we'll be right back after this break with a relevant word. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Welcome back to A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops, and we're talking about the miraculous return of Israel. And fascinating so far, and now we're going to head to the New Testament. Yeah, well, actually, we're going to start the Old Testament, then to the New Testament from there. You're absolutely right. So we're going to go to Isaiah 49, because I promised you this to answer some of the other objections to all of this. Let me just say, you read the whole chapter of Isaiah 49 on your own, and and, uh, because I am going to take selected passages, but I promise you, with all the integrity I have, I'm taking nothing out of context. As I explain it, you will see that, but I'm just trying to move this along because of our limited time together. But uh, in Isaiah 49, I'm just going to start with verse 6. And God says, God says, is it too small a thing um, uh, for, for, for you, Israel, to become my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel that I have kept? Now, I just want to give a little word of introduction. When Isaiah is writing this, they are getting ready to be taken into Babylonian captivity. So Israel's getting ready to be gone. The northern kingdom of Israel, with its capital at Samaria, due to a civil war that had happened during the time of Solomon, they already have been swallowed up by the Assyrian nation, and now Babylon Empire has swallowed up the Assyrians, and now King Nebuchadnezzar is breathing down the necks of Judah, the southern nation, with its capital at Jerusalem and the temple. And we know from history that Nebuchadnezzar does win that. He breaches the city walls. He comes into the city. He takes captives, all, all the people. And in, in the Bible, we read about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those guys were Babylonian captives. Ezekiel was a prophet to the captives. Isaiah was a prophet that was warning them that this day was coming. And so as Isaiah's writing, he's saying, this is all going to be gone. It's going to be gone. But then he says, but in the last days, God's going to bring you back. Now, how how amazing is that? In one of the darkest points of Israel's history, Isaiah is already prophesying from the mouth of God, from what he's being told, that God says, is it too small a thing for Israel to become my servants? And the, and, and the implication is, in the last days. And in those days, I will restore the tribes of Jacob. That means the tribes of Israel. And I will bring back those of Israel I have kept. Well, that's 700 years before Jesus even goes to the cross. 
<laughs> and that's a you know, two, uh, 2,400 years before Israel comes back in 1948, but Isaiah's prophesying it. He says, and I also will make you, Israel, a light for the Gentiles. That you bring, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Remember that verse. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and the Holy One of Israel, to him who is despised and abhorred, abhorred by the nations, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see you and bow down. Because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. All right. Verse 8, listen to this. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, there it is again, that day of salvation, I will help you, I will keep you, and I will make you to be a covenant for the people. Watch this. And then he says, to restore the land, to reassign its desolate inheritances to you, and to say to you, the captives, come out from the nations, come out to those in darkness and be free. Now we come down to verse 12. Behold, they, that is the Israelites who have been scattered, will come from afar. They will come from the north. Some will come from the west. Some from the region even of Aswan, or as some uh, some of the most ancient translations say, Sinem. In Hebrew today, the word Sinem means Chinese people or Asiatic people. But and, but the word Sin uh, uh, means the land of China today in the in the modern Hebrew. So it's right there in the book of Isaiah. So there, there were Asiatic dynasties in the days of Isaiah, and there were even Jews living there according to history. So it's just saying they're going to come from everywhere, from all over the Asian nations and dynasties, and then eventually China, from the north, the west. Uh, and, and, and so he says, this is going to be done in the last days. He says, burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people. He'll have compassion on his afflicted ones. And then he says, look, lift up your eyes, look around, all of your your sons gather and come to you. They come back to the land. Now, there's the prophecy, but there's so much more to it. Because now people will say, but you know what? That, that can't be. That can't be the return to Israel because the Israel that's there in the Middle East right now is way too small. It's, too, it's just a narrow little strip compared to the entire nation of Israel under David and Solomon. And yeah, 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 yeah. But Isaiah 49 takes that into account. Listen, it says, though you were desolate and ruined, Israel, and though your land was laid waste, now, as you come back, you will be too small for your people, too narrow. <laughs> and those who devoured you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will say in, in your hearing, this place is too small for us. We need more space to live in. Then you will say in your heart, who bore these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these in and left? I was left all alone. But, but these, where have they come from? All right, so I'm going to answer that question in a moment right from Isaiah 49. But get you hear what they say. He, Isaiah, 2,400 years before it even happens, he's prophesying and he's saying, yeah, they're going to come back. They're going to come back to that central area. They're going to reclaim the land. They're going to come from the east, the west, the north, everywhere. And then when they get there, they're going to say, Okay, but the land's still too small for us. It's too narrow. Kevin, as I'm speaking right now, there are almost 9 million people in Israel right now in that little narrow strip of land. 7 million more or more are Jewish people. Just a couple of million, million and a half, couple million are of other descent. 7 million Jews. It is now the largest place on the planet that houses the number of Jewish people. Uh, it used to be like the United States had more Jews living in it than any other nation. Um, it used to be New York City was the largest city that had the most Jews in, than any other nation. Now it's Israel. 
I mean, just what Isaiah said. And what are they saying? You can read all kinds of official reports from the United Nations, from Israel's government itself saying, we've got a population explosion. The land is too small. It's too narrow. I can remember in years past when Barack Obama told Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, you got to go back to your 1960s uh, borders and all that. And, and, and not, Netanyahu threw a fit. And his very words were, that would be too narrow of a land for us. Our enemies would come in and destroy us. We would be too small. It, and those words were prophesied in Isaiah 49, 2400 years ago. And that's what the people are saying today. But then the prophet speaks for the people, and he, they, they ask, they say in your heart, you're going to say in your heart, well, where did they come from? How did they get here? How were they brought up? Listen to what verse 22 says. Because a lot of people say, well, this can't be the real Israel because this is a United Nations construct. Uh, the Balfour Declaration, that came out of Great Britain, you know, kind of they were trying to put it together, piece it together politically, then the United Nations, and then the Israelis said, okay, we're claiming this for ours, and then there was a war. And so, yeah, there's a nation there, but it's all just one big political stink. And basically the Gentiles, the Gentile, not the Jewish people, but the Gentile nations are the ones responsible for their even being in Israel there in the first place, United States, Great Britain, United Nations, the Balfour Declaration. But listen to what Isaiah says. He says, you will say in your heart, where did they come from? I was exiled and rejected. Who brought all these people up? Verse 22, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Behold, I will call out to the Gentile nations and I will lift you up. I will lift up my banner to the people. The Gentiles will bring your sons and your daughters in their arms. They will carry your daughters on their shoulders. Kings will be your foster fathers and queens your nursing mothers. And they will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will never be disappointed. Kevin? All of the, you know, every, people say, well, you know, it's the Palestinians. Okay, that's wrong use of the word. Oh, well, then, you know, uh, that's a fake Israel. No place in the Bible does there ever a prophecy of a fake Israel. No, no prophecy anywhere. Uh, well, then, you know, but that can't be the real Israel because the land's too small. Isaiah 49 says, when you get there, you're going to say the land's too small. Well, it's because of the Gentiles. It, that's not even an Israeli thing. It's not a Jewish thing. Uh, that's not some supernatural thing that God did. That's what politics did. Isaiah 49 says, you're going to say that in the last days, and you're going to ask me, how did they even get here? And I'm telling you now, 2,400 years before it happens, I'm going to call to the Gentile nations, and they're going to make this happen. In other words, the political wranglings of the Gentile nations are the ones I'm going to use to bring your sons and daughters back, and their kings will bow at your feet. Israel is now the largest superpower in the Middle East. Kings of the earth bow at their feet whether they like it or not, and they, many of them despise Israel in this little land too thin too narrow, too small. They complain about it all the time because it keeps growing and growing and growing. The Gentiles brought them back. There they are now. The big shocker. I started with verse 8. This is what the Lord says. It's in the time of my favor I will answer you and bring you back. It's in the day of salvation that I will help you. And then is when I will restore the land. The day of salvation. That word salvation is English. The Hebrew word is Yeshua. In the day of of Yeshua. Now, Yeshua in English is Jesus <laughs> because his name means salvation. He says, in the year of my favor, 
in the day of Jesus is when I will restore you. Well, what's the day of Jesus? It's an epic period of time. It doesn't mean a single day. It means the Messiah has to come first. The salvation of God has to come first. When did that happen? Well, that happened in the first century. Okay? Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he quotes that verse. He says, as God's fellow servants, we urge you, Corinthians, not to receive God's grace in vain. For in the book of Isaiah, it says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I will tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of Yeshua. So what Paul is saying is, okay, here's salvation in Jesus Christ, the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection. But also, we're now in the day of the church, the gospel being preached. Somewhere in our day, Paul is saying, somewhere before the Lord returns, Israel is going to come back to the land because Isaiah said it would. Guess what happened in 1948? Israel came back. Guess what generation we're living in? The only generation to ever have breathed God's air to see it happen and it be a major part of our world right now. These are some of the most prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ, and it all centers around Israel. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it really is. A miraculous return yeah, of Israel. It really is, and it was all right there in God's Word. No other place in the world. This is a relevant Word. Indeed is. With yeah. Pastor Carl Gallops. Thank you so much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you always. Now more than ever, we need to listen to God. He still speaks through His Word, the Bible. Each week, Pastor Gallops shares what the Word of God is saying, even now. A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author Carl Gallops. To access Pastor Carl and to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Thanks for listening.